This is Doug Greenman. I'm the publisher of Telecom Reseller, and I want to welcome everyone back to part two of our two-part series on charging up UCAS sales. And again, we have with us Jim Duvall, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at White Label Communications. Jim, thank you for joining me again today. Thank you for having me, Doug. So in this part, we're going to be talking about something that's really at the core of White Label Communications, which is being able to sort of own the relationship that you have with your customers and how that will also help you with UCAS and the value of your business and a whole bunch of other things. But before we dive into that, what is what is White Label Communications? So White Label, uh, as the name insinuates, private labels or white labels, unified communication services for the channels. So we only work with channel partners. We don't sell directly to end users. Um, our channel partners are typically managed service providers. Interconnects, which is an older term for uh, folks that sold phone systems, VARs, and, um, and ISPs or broadband providers, and service providers, broadband providers, and then office technology dealers who have become um, a bigger part of the market because they're interested in getting a, more of a lion's share of the office space that they sell to. So those are the four channels we primarily sell to. So, you know, in our last podcast, we were talking about directing it literally at the sales force that goes out there and sells all sorts of products and services for MSPs. And we were trying to hunt down why UCAS is sometimes a tough one to sell. Mm -hmm. But today we're gonna to be talking about, we're talking directly, literally to the owners, the people that own MSPs and channel partner companies. Right. Let's start with the, with the problem. What is the problem as you see it with some of the portfolio relationships these companies have with vendor partners? So if you think about it generically, there are three options that a, a channel partner, the four that I mentioned in those four categories, has at their disposal when they sell UCAS. They can become an agent or refer the business. I'll put them in the same category for now. Um, the discriminating factor is that they receive a commission for their efforts. Good thing. Second option would be private labeling, where someone like us becomes Oz behind the curtain and the partner, the channel partner, becomes the forward-facing entity to their end users. And then the third would be to build or buy your own platform, um, which is quite a bit to bite off for a lot of organizations, but we do run into people that have decided over the years to buy or build their own platform. So those are the three options. And the, the, the people that we speak with, their appetite for responsibility, their business goals, margins, revenue goals, and their organizational structure dictates which of those three models they favor. So from, you know, if you think of it from left to right, agent, private label, build, from, from uh, left to right, your appetite for responsibility increases as you go from an agent to building your own platform. But so does your margin and your revenue. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the challenge is, really the, the the channel partner thinking about what they want like again what's their appetite for responsibility what are their revenue goals their uh, margin goals and um what does their organizational structure look like in terms of being able to support one versus the other i would argue that because i'm biased that the private label is the best option for them however i think there's 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 logical reasons for that one is private labeling puts the partner in control with a lot of the turbulence we've seen in the PBX business, right? So over the years, I've been fortunate enough to have and call people partners who have sold Mitel PBXs or Shortel or Avaya, you know, name, name a PBX and I've sold 
services to those those interconnects or those VARs. And I've gotten uh, I've gotten to know them over the years personally, and and you know they they are they are very entrepreneurial type A personalities. And dic being dictated to by anybody is really not something they look forward to. Now, the PBX manufacturers over the years have treated those folks very, very well. There's a, there was always a big sense of loyalty, a great sense of loyalty for good reason with the interconnects because you know, the, the PBX manufacturers I mentioned earlier, they did a great job of, you know, they, 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 they made money, they were profitable, um, they treated them well, but over time, as the industry has changed, no fault of the PBX dealers, or manu and dealers and manufacturers, those businesses are just not doing well any, any longer. So you know, now they have an opportunity. They have an opportunity. If they want to be an agent for a carrier, God bless them. Go ahead and do that. You know, but I would argue that they may be in the, back, in the same situation they're in now, in a couple of years from now, which is they are receiving commission checks from a carrier who may or may not feel as favorable about that relationship as the, as the years go by. In a private label model, you're in control. Right? It, it, it appeals to a, a business owner. They're not working, as I think you said earlier when we were talking offline, the man. They're not working for the man. They're working for themselves. And as I always say to my partners, I don't fire you. You fire us. So, and it's not just a you know trite comment. Like at the end of the day, if the partner, my channel partners, are the forward-facing entity to the end users, and we are not in any way, shape, or form interacting with those end users, we need that partner to be happy and productive. And if we're doing something that's jeopardizing that relationship in any way, and that's a day-to-day, -day, like, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting day-to-day -day for the mind share of that partner and making sure that we're treating them well. We can't just sign them up and say, ah, you know, we had a bad day, you know, a bad week or a bad month. Sorry. They could say, well, you know, we're getting rid of you now. So it's, 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 in, a, it's in a partner's best interest, in my opinion, again, private label. They have more leverage, more control. They own the customers. And if they ever want to sell their businesses at the end of the day, the revenue that they're generating from private labeling is much more valuable to an acquirer than the revenue they'd be receiving from commission checks. Not again, I love commission checks. At the, at the, at the very heart of it, I'm a sales guy at the end of the day, but um, the partner can generate their own commission checks from their own efforts at our model. They don't have to be beholden to a, a carrier or somebody else to give them those commission checks. You know, Jim, when when I'm listening to this, um, it sounds like you're 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 saying, first of all, understand the business you're in. Why did you come to this occasion, right? And you're saying, I think it's great. If if you want to be an agent, that's cool. If mm -hmm. that's what you want to be, that's that's good. It, there's a great model. You go out there and you you sell. You get a commission. It's easy peasy. Yep. But it's a low investment model. You just make the sales. You move on, um, and you're. You're not looking maybe for long-term relationships necessarily with a customer. You, you, one has to acknowledge to your point that uh, the other party, the, the, the service you've sold is in the room. Correct. Correct. Right. They're there. Yeah. They, and they may, they may do other things or uh, no longer want to work with you and so on. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Business is dynamic. It's not, it's fluid. It's not static. Right. Things change. People get acquired. People got, you know, you look at what's going, what's happening with Avaya, I don't wish them any ill will, but the reality is they're having difficulty right now, right now financially. And that trickles all the way down to the end users. So business changes, things have to evolve. And so if there's an M&A situation, 
then there's a good chance that there's going to be a change in the business relationship over time. Not that that couldn't happen in a private labor model. It could happen. In a private, it does happen in private labor models. But the fact of the matter is when you put yourself between the end user and uh, the service provider, you're in the middle. I had a slide that showed this at the, uh, at the IT Expo. But it's, you know, the end user, the partner, and the service providers. You're in control of deciding how you sell the service, how much you sell the service for, what services you provide. I even recommend if you're going to be an agent, again, God bless you, but you should be providing level one support to your end users. You should tell your customers, I, I decided to sell as an agent for so-and-so carrier. They're a great carrier or else I wouldn't have referred them as, as a service provider. They're going to treat both of us well, but here's the thing. I'm going to treat you better than they will. So call me for level one support. At least I can help troubleshoot any problems you have and articulate those problems to the carrier where you're going to have a difficult time with that. In that model, if you do that as an agent, at least you're in control if you decide to change your right. business model. So that's then, a that's a legitimate way to go if you so choose, right? Mm -hmm. But for a lot of our readers, a lot of people that we reach, they have a high investment model. There's actually a physical location. They have assets and so on. We used to call them interconnects, as we were discussing earlier in our previous podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, your argument is today that a private label, a white label kind of sale is the right fit for that type of business because of the control. And also what I heard earlier was it may be good for you too personally, just in terms of how you feel about your own business and how that maybe sort of radiates down to everybody in the team. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying to you if, it, if, uh, if I didn't say that, um, you know, it's in, it's in, it's in, it's in the partner's best. And, I, I like the private label, model, private label model because it is it logically follows the mindset of the business owners. It's you know so the business owner who is a type A, I don't again want to work for the man type personality. Right. It's natural for them to want to be in more more in control of their service offering, and I think that I I, I play on that. <laughs> but it's logical. I'm not just you know blowing smoke. There's there's a logic behind that. It, it makes sense if you think about it. So yeah, I think it's in the best interest of the partner to become the service provider to their end users. And again, like I remember early on when I was talking to Interconnects, there were two things, three things I heard. One is the internet was not going to be, a, the host of PBX world was just going to be a fad. It was going to go away. The second was, how do I compete with the big carriers of the world? Why would they buy it from me? Right. And the third is that, that um, I, I don't understand how I can transition my business from one-time revenue to monthly recurring revenue. So when it came to uh, talking through the, how they were competing with the, the national providers, the, I would say to the partners, seriously, have you ever called some of the national carriers for support? Let you pick up the phone and call them and try to get somebody on the phone that can answer the question that you could answer in five minutes or five seconds for your customer. You don't understand, you are the advantage. The fact of the matter is your customers are right. typically SMBs. They want to do business with people that they know and they're going to pick up the phone and answer their questions. So that was something that typically went by the wayside is they started to think, hmm, maybe Jim's right about that. That, that does make sense. So we should, uh, we should talk about this because this is a terrific strength. I think, you know, um, almost everybody who has a credit card or has some kind of service dreads the phone call that will probably be to a, an overseas contact center somewhere where um, despite everyone's efforts, you may not be well understood. You may get a call back three hours from now. You may not be able to resolve your issue. Uh, and so what you're telling me is with, with the model you're presenting, you can go around town, you're the brand, 
and you're able to do what you did on the previous podcast where you handed out your personal email address. You're saying to your customers, hey, call me, contact me, ding, ding me. I will come and run it, running. I will contact you personally. I'll talk to you. My team will talk to you right away. Right. Most, the most successful interconnects that I've had the pleasure of doing business with and getting to know, they realized that the people that paid their bills were the part the end users that they were servicing you know, for, for many, 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 many years and that they had built trust with and, and relationships with. If, if you're transactional in your business relationships in any business, well, you're not going to be around for very long, that's for sure. And so the partners have the ability, our partners, the interconnects, the MSPs, all the folks that I mentioned earlier, the, the ISPs, they have the, the ability to build long-term, long-lasting relationships because they are the brand. They're the face of the, the organization. I always say to my partners, nobody treats your customers better than you do. Right. I'm guaranteeing that's the case. So as we wrap up this uh, second part podcast, let me uh, let you uh, connect the dots because there's something out there. If you've got the model right, you also have been talking about getting the stack right, getting everything connected. Um, and what we're talking about here is we, you know, seem to be hearing from people. Sometimes UCAS is like a forgotten thing. Yeah, it's a lot of folks who are typically more the MSPs because the, the interconnects who are now becoming MSPs in a lot of situations, they grew up in the phone world, right? So they highlight UCAS and voice, if you want to call it voice or just host the PBX, if you want to call it that or SIP. But it's the MSPs that are struggling with how to make sure that UCAS fits nicely into their service stack, that it, it is, you're able to leverage UCAS as a way to have a meaningful conversation with an end user. And then, you know, it's kind of like the beachhead and then you go from there. So, uh, and I, I just, I think a lot of the folks in our industry in the private label business, they just want to say, sell UCAS, sell UCAS, sell UCAS. And then it, they don't want to sit back and have the conversation that's more thoughtful and more meaningful, which is, wait a minute, hold on a second. Maybe you shouldn't sell UCAS. What are you doing now? Like, let's talk about that. Because here's the thing I, I believe firmly. I can sign up a lot of people to sell services as a private label partner. But if they don't sell anything, then the partner doesn't make any money and we don't make any money. So let's not worry about signing up. That's the easy part. Let's figure out, let's think about execution. What does the execution look like? How are you going to pay your people, incentivize your people, if you have salespeople? How are you going to in, implement or integrate UCAS into your service stack? You know, those are the things that really need to be thought through in a more meaningful way up front. And I think we do a really good job of that at, at White Label. So um, now I can give you examples that, uh, and I gave them in an earlier podcast around how to sell security, for example, how security integrates with UCAS. And, and that was just one example that I'm doing a, uh, a, we a webinar at the end of the month uh, for another organization that wanted me to talk about tangible ways that UCAS is leveraged to generate additional uh, revenue through this, their an MSP service stack. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for joining us today and uh, donating uh, more of your time to the cause of educating our readers and our MSP, CSP, and channel partner communities on, on these really important topics. Where can we learn more about white label communications? Our website is whitelabelcom.com, www.whitelabelcom with two M's.com. So uh, the two M's in the beginning throws people off, but it's whitelabelcom with two M's.com, or you can email me directly if you'd like. 
I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but my email is jdball, D-E-B-A-L-D, at whitelabelcon.com. Feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. Well, Jim, again, thank you. I'm looking forward to podcasts in the future on, on exploring more of this topic, but thanks for this two-parter. No, thank you very much for having me, Doug. I really appreciate it. Thanks.